rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, what's up? Hey guys, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. We usually meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. Yeah, I'm looking at myself. Oof. Oof. Anyway. Um, and then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and most especially... Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. We need about a thousand more patrons. How about that? We can do it. I know that other shows do it. Why not this show? Why not our show? It's not just my show. It's your show, too. This is the liberal media. I hate to tell you. I know. You're looking at it. It could be worse. It could be better. But it's what we got. This is the liberal media. And I have another... I have something else uh, to break break it to you here. We're not going to have a country that works for all. We will never fix this country without a liberal media. It's not going to happen. So, And I'm not talking about MSNBC. And we talk about them a lot on the show. Because... We have to bring the receipts. I also think it's we're um, kind of breaking through, I'm not, I don't know, uh, the passive viewing of propaganda. And we are awash in propaganda here in this country. One of the things that I learned and um, studying communications in college and just being a student of media and, and I, this is what I studied, you know, in school. Uh, we learn to be active viewers. Sometimes I like to just sit down and watch a TV show or whatever, be carried out of my own, anything to distract me from my own life. But especially news. Um, what is it? Television is... One, it's actually they've done studies on television, the viewers of television, and it is uh, the brain waves when you're watching TV. You're, you're, it's almost your brain waves go to a point of hypnosis. So people are highly susceptible to the images that they see, which is why media is so effective, and media also teaches us about each other. It teaches us, it teaches young people what, how to behave, how uh, boys and girls behave towards e each other, who's an in-group, who's an out-group, what, in fact, for many years, uh, what did we see? We saw, and that's why it's really important to have representation and how the world has changed in many ways, uh, especially around gay marriage or LGBT, you know, people, it's, a, it's gay marriage. What is gay marriage? It's marriage equality, really. People with, this, with the same PPs being able to form a marriage contract. It's because um, people came out of the closet. They were in your living rooms. It was no longer whenever 
a gay person on television was shown. It, they weren't something to be reviled, mocked. They weren't the, the um, some kind of... It was always used, somebody's uh, sexuality or homosexuality was always used in a, um, to villainize them even more, make them even more depraved. And uh, the same thing with black people. It matters when your your depictions on television are simply you're a uh, you're a maid or a uh, or some kind of criminal, right? But this is the many of the American uh, because we have been highly segregated and still are. That's the only exposure people had to other types of people were on television. So it matters. And this is why uh, even today, everything that we see on TV, especially the news now, here's the thing. The news, it's even more detrimental because it's presented as, hey, we're just giving you the facts. Nothing but the facts here, ma'am. It is still someone's constructed reality. What the message what, what are they trying to get across? From what point of view? They're telling us, in fact, what the, one of the most frustrating parts of the latest goddamn catastrophe we've been living through is how they frame the protests in the street. And this is why I try to talk about it. Because, um, no, they are trying to claim it and focus energy, everyone's energy into police reform, period, end of sentence, and um, not being racist. You know, we could all get behind that. But don't think it's not an accident that when you're listening to MSNBC that they constantly the, the frame it, frame the movement as the movement against police or, or the movement for police reform or the movement for um, Black Lives Matter or the movement against racism. They're not talking about economic justice, just like every other time in American history. They want to keep, it's like, just like they, they wanted to keep poverty it's, uh, and you know, focus. Just focus on the other. This is another way of otherizing the movement. It's, it's just we want to make it only about being not being racist. Yes, it's disgusting. Oh, isn't it horrible that they found a noose in this uh, NASCAR guys? I don't know. I don't follow NASCAR. I don't follow sports, frankly. So. Uh, in in the garage where they keep their their the guy's car or whatever, yes, it's terrible. But yeah, and there's a lot of assholes, and I bet you a lot of them go to Trump rallies and they fly those effing Confederate flags. But it's not all to in my opinion. Yes, all of that has to go. Confederate flags have to be vilified. They they have to be redefined as what they are, the flag of, a, of losers and traitors against this country, not of patriots, not of culture, of your heritage, 
These are idiots that don't know their own heritage. They don't know America's true heritage. So, and they're incapable of, you know, they lack the fundamental maturity, really, to grasp it. So it's, I guess it seems interesting to them. Yeah, yeehaw, we are rebels. What are you talking about? You rebelled against the United States. You're a rebel? Then get the F out. Good night. Bye. I'm tired of carrying you on my back with my blue state tax dollars. So bye-bye. You want to fly your stinking rebel flag? Then good night. See ya. Build a wall. Get the hell out. And so it does matter. It matters what the depictions are. Now people are going, I don't know, not people, some people. They're talking about removing statues all over the country, removing statues. There's a statue of Teddy Roosevelt in front of the uh, Museum of Modern History. Well, of natural, what am I talking about? I'm getting my museums mixed up. Museum of Natural History. Then there's the Museum of Modern Art. And yeah. Get rid of the fucking statue. There's so many other things that we can celebrate. You can get, why not a Teddy Roosevelt statue of him standing by himself, if that's the case. It's it's the fact that he's flanked by someone who is enslaved and, or some native, as if he's the great white hope. That matters. You know, one of the things that pissed me off, too, for example, we send, we sent uh, probes into space, right? So, hold on, space, and on one of the probes, they, they, um, they put a snapshot of Earth, different things that were supposed to represent Earth, and let me say, you might have heard of this, on a golden disc. And they hope that whoever finds it, if an intelligent life out there finds it, they'll be able to decipher how they can play this disc, a video disc. That's what it is. It's like your, like a video, or like a disc player. You know what I mean? Uh, let me see. And on this, one of the things that they included included was a depiction of a man. And women and woman standing there with a child, and I'm sure this man and woman is—I don't know if they could you could see that they're white, but the uh, the the thing that is irritating is oh here it is the pioneer plaque. I'll show you what I'm looking at. It's on my computer screen. Of course, the man is standing there, like, wait. Ah. Sorry, p- forgot to put my picture up. Uh, if I don't have the picture in picture up, you can't hear me, so I was talking without. But uh, the thing that's irritating about this depiction, and it goes along with what we're talking about, about how we should view the images that other people are presenting to us because they all come to the table with their own biases, especially the corporate media. So this image, that was a man and a woman, and it's 
this is directions basically on this this was included in um let's see what does it say a pair of gold I, I don't know I can't uh can't pronounce that aluminum plaques that were placed on board the 1972 Pioneer 10 and the Pioneer 11 spacecraft featuring a pictorial message in either uh blah, 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 in case either is intercepted by intelligent extraterrestrial life so it's telling them hey this is earth we this is where we live it's right over here and we got uh, this is what we look like and they have a man and a woman and of course the man is standing there with the pos in the position of authority so why isn't why not the woman standing there and this is what people said when this thing came out like it's goddamn sexist but of course what this is what we're dealing with why can't they just stand there? Why can't they both be waving? Hi. I'm a man. Hi. I'm a woman. We're earthlings. The other woman has to the woman has to stand there gazing lovingly at her man. Stand by your man or something, I guess, even in space, it never ends. You're never free from that bullshit, from the biases. But this is why we talk about it and have to we evolve. That irritated me when that came out. I remember that. I was little, but I was like, yeah, that's fucked up. But I was, I mean, I don't, don't know what I know now, but I was, actually, no. I learned about that when I was late, uh, older because I was really little in 72. I was, I don't know what I was thinking in 72. I was nothing, really. I was a big blob. So, uh... Where are we? Is anybody even here in the show? You guys. All right. So if you are watching on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else, come on over to the YouTube channel at our, um, why do I keep saying that? At youtube.com slash C for channel slash RDT Daily Media. I have to set up a better web page, but that requires money too. That's the problem. I'll have to, we need, this is why we need patrons to, you know, because what I should have is an easier way for people to find the website, um, I, the show, which I could just say, go to this website and it will be played on uh, live stream whenever we're there and then th there can be all, I don't know, it's all, it's still in my head, but that's what has to happen. You have to make it easy for people. I know this after well i just know this in life but doing the website and running the rdt daily facebook page and the website and everything else we have over 150,000 subscribers on the facebook page and that's a lot that's not that bad i mean it could be better but it ain't bad if one if every person who was a subscriber or who liked the rdt daily Facebook page, if they became a patron, we would, we would have a daily show and then some. So, uh, but I understand it's just dealing with the internet and doing a show online and connecting and building a community. Everyone is inundated. It is very hard to get people to take action and do something. 
You know what I mean? Even those who you might listen to the show every time we have a show. You might be a regular listener. You might love the show. You might. There are many of you. I know you exist out there. They don't. They never contact the show. They just listen. They don't participate in the chat. And they, you know, maybe the 500th time you say become a patron or, you know, like and share the show, they will take action. It doesn't. I get it. I'm one of those people, too. I don't like getting a thousand requests all the time. It It is what it is. But we have to weed through everything. And, and you know, we only have each other. So I'm sorry that we uh, have to constantly harp on it. But that's just the way it is. And all right. Well, and this is the, the point is I didn't expect to bring up the pioneer plaque it just came to my mind but it's all connected because we're we we're dissecting and also i mean dissecting the liberal media the so-called liberal media on msnbc which drives me effing insane and not for the reason it drives twitler insane it drives me insane because i am i watch it with a different eyes not i'm not there just absorbing not that everybody is but most a lot of people are they think uh it's it's setting the agenda for th- this is what's so um what why the corporate corporate media is so powerful and media in general it sets the agenda what do we talk about what makes the conversation what is worthy of conversation they never talk about the income in immobility the income disparity they don't talk about the fact that um mlk you know they'll talk about how how nice mlk said oh we should all be nice to each other let's all i uh i have a dream we can all uh, of black little boys and black little uh, and white little boys can all play together. Wonderful. As long as they play what? Uh, as long as they keep on the right, the, the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the tracks, everyone in their place. It's a really about economic mobility, economic justice. It has always been that way. So, in my opinion, all of the the tearing down the statues and the shows of solidarity with the NASCAR racer, it's nothing but wallpaper on moldy walls. That's not sustainable. And it is also another way of blaming the victim. As if it's all, all our fault. Yeah, a lot of people are racist. They've been brought up in this racist-ass system, and they, have, they haven't they have been taught. Of course not. This is, it's part of the game. They haven't been taught the American experience, the real American experience. They've been taught a lot of bullshit. For example, oh, now that, wait, hold on, someone's texting me. I'm doing a show. Come on, Shannon is texting me. Come on over. 
Showtime. Come to YouTube. For example, the view. The view from the ivory tower, which we will now call it forever and ever. Amen. They were talking about taking down the statues in in front of uh, the Museum of Natural History. And anyway, I'm trying to find the goddamn YouTube clip so I can play it. This is what happens. I have oh here we go. We have I have fifty thousand windows open and you will see in a minute. All right. See? Look at all this. This is why I'm always like, shit, where's that article? All right. Let me focus on this. Where is it? Google Google Chrome. Nope, that's not the right one. Come on, motherfuckers. Not you. Me. And the window. Hmm. Let me see. Sorry. All right, we'll do it like this, because I can't seem to find the page itself to isolate it. All right. The heels of Confederate monuments being toppled, the American Museum of Natural History announced that they are removing a statue outside their front door of President Teddy Roosevelt on horseback, followed by a Native American and a black man. Now, they have... They've decided they wanted to do this, not against Teddy Roosevelt, but they'd rather find a, a, a better statue. What's your, what's your feeling about this, Joy? Oh, yes. Well, they can find good statues. They need to look into this further, in my opinion, because there are so many people that, like, I was thinking of um, Christopher Columbus, who is now uh, uh, being challenged as, you know, uh, whether he's appropriate for a statue in the middle of Manhattan. And I think that his coming down uh, off his perch offends Italian-Americans. And so that'll be a problem for us. I'm an Italian-American. But on the other hand, um, I say, why not put somebody who has a better, a better reputation? Why not put Amerigo Vespucci uh, uh, um, statue in the middle of Columbus Circle and make it Vespucci Circle? Amerigo uh, Vespucci, uh, the country is named after Amerigo Vespucci. So, you know, why not, I don't know, I say honor that. Honor right. Verrazzano. Honor the great Italians who came here and helped this country rather than somebody who has this horrible reputation uh, that uh, Columbus had. And the, one more point about it. Right. I, I was reading that they were thinking of taking down George Washington. The George Washington, besides being a founding father and a great general and somebody who was so instrumental in this union that we have in this republic, also freed his slaves. <laughs> So if you're going to take Bam. somebody down, take down Thomas Jefferson, who... Bam! Wrong! ...didn't, who didn't free his slaves. No? Sonny... How does she get on a TV show? This is what I mean, guys. No! How old is Joy Behar? She's 70 or something like that? Maybe it's not her fault. This is an educated woman, though. Where does she get her information from? No, George Washington did not free his slaves. And it's really kind of not PC to say his slaves. He had enslaved 
human beings, enslaved people. He freed his slave, as if to say slaves, that they're, that is their inherent nature. But, okay, we're all evolving. We're all trying. But no, what is this bullshit? How do you get to be 70-something years old in America and not know that? Because we teach each other bullshit. But here's a woman that has a giant platform. Millions of Americans watch her and Whoopi. I mean, she's the least offensive of them all, frankly. I like Joe, Joy Behar more than any other of these View from the Ivory Tower bitches at all. And you know that they're, they're as ignorant I mean, as Meghan McCain is... Goddamn entitled. No. And I think that whoever, I don't know, who's this other one? Sonny, what do you, what do you? Sonny says. Just about to say, son, go ahead. (laughs) Well, well, see, that's the thing. You know, we we spent uh, like $40 million on these statues. Um, I think that you should spend money on education because I think that's really what the problem here is. What we have been taught, what you were taught, uh, Joy, what I was taught, what Whoopi was taught, probably what Megan was taught um, in our schools was revisionist history. We weren't taught the real history. We were were taught that, you know, George Washington freed his slaves. He wrote that in his will, but he didn't free his slaves. He actually spent the last year of his life uh, like relentlessly pursuing slaves that tried. He... He not only, I mean, it's really a disgraceful history. Let's read a little bit about it so we all know. He had a slave, he had someone who was enslaved. Her name is Ona, what's her name? Ona Judge, who escaped George Washington and his wife, Martha. She was Martha's body slave. You know, they go back millennia. They had them in ancient Rome. She was born in slavery in Mount Vernon and grew up. She was part of Martha Washington's sewing circle, one of the sewing, the sewing slaves. I mean, this is who, this is the American experience. What the hell? It's take the whole goddamn package. He's a great man, but yeah, they went on a trip and she accompanied her mistress and when she had her chance, she got the F out of there. She escaped. Why? And this is the thing. George Washington and Martha Washington pursued her. They took out advertisements in the no- in the newspaper. They offered rewards for her. They were, they felt wounded by her. They couldn't believe that she had left them because they offered her such a great life. Why would she leave? We're so good to her. Well, she's not free, you goddamn bastards. And she lived, she she had a hard life after that too. She had three children. Each of these three children preceded her to to the grave 
So she had to bury three of her children. Three of the three. And she lived a very hand-to-mouth existence. But she was free. And this was her point. She said she never regretted having escaped. But let's not get distracted or confused. Whoopie-doo? George Washington freed his slaves? Get the hell out of his, the enslaved people in his will. Let's see. This is from Vice by Lakshmi Gandhi. Lakshmi Gandhi, yes. Despite the first president's relentless attempts, attempts to capture Oni Judge, she managed to evade him. American school children learn a lot about George Washington. They're taught that supposedly he never told a lie and that he was a deeply moral and religious man. They're taught about all his accomplishments as the father of our country and that when he died, he freed all of his 123 slaves. 123 human beings in his, in his control who he owned like property. They're rarely taught about his relentless quest to capture Ona, otherwise known as Oni Judge, a woman who a woman enslaved to his family who ran away. The story of Oni Judge is in turns remarkable and tragic. She was born around 1773 on George Washington's plantation in Virginia, Mount Vernon, with a white indentured servant as a father and an enslaved seamstress as a mother. She began serving Martha Washington at an early age, and she quickly became a personal favorite of the future first ladies, according to the official Mount Vernon Encyclopedia. When Judge was 15 years old, the Washingtons took her away from her family to live with them in New York, then later in Philadelphia, once George began his presidency in 1789. Judge was eventually promoted from Martha Washington's sewing circle to her personal servant, which meant traveling with her on social calls and outings. Historian Evelyn Gerson noted that those visits gave Judge an inside look at the real Washington government and actual character of the first president. She says that the stories told of Washington's piety and prayers so far as she ever heard or saw them while she was his slave, have no foundation. That's what a woman who was probably such a nothing to George Washington that he never saw her. She was invisible. So he got to see, so she got to see the real George Washington. So let's get real. He's so pious. He was a human being like us, and he owned other human beings. So he was a filthy racist. And that's the goddamn truth. The father of our country? Well, we have a racist-ass history, and it has to be reconciled. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It doesn't mean we don't um, venerate or say, okay, good job, but... It doesn't mean that we are infants either. 
And we, when you're a child, you think your parents are larger than life, that they are like God-like creatures to you. But then after, when you become an adult yourself and maybe have your own children or you learn a little bit about life, you understand they're just human beings. They make mistakes. And hence, George Washington, too. He's a unabashed, not only an unabashed slaver, he was an unabashed hypocrite. All men are created equal. I know Thomas Jefferson gets a lot of flack for his slaves for having children with Sally Hemings, right? There are, they've traced um, Thomas Jefferson's lineage. He has people who are black in this country who happen to have darker pigment that had, they, through DNA testing, they have traced their lineage right back to Sally Hemings and, and Thomas Jefferson. But, but this, this is the American experience. And... You know, uh, he's not, George Washington um, is not some kind of goddamn god, that's for sure. None of them were. Not, how can they be? Please, yes, they were products of their time. But their time was a fucked up time. Where white, rich white landowners were the end-all and be-all of creation. It's, and it's whether if, I mean, as a woman, if you lived back then, you were nothing. You were declared, if you came over from England to the United States, you had to declare your wife like you declared your chickens and your horses and your couches. <clears throat> so, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit in this world that has to be fixed. We're getting to the point where we're not taking it anymore. And I'm here to hopefully push us to the point where we don't have to have our own uh, evolution and revolution defined by the very people who exploit us. And that's what's going on right now. But to continue with this story, let's see. They have no foundation, yes. One paper reported decades later, as it shared judges' rec recollections of Washington's card playing and wine drinking. While the Washingtons would later insist that they were bewildered by judges' desire to escape, despite her comfortable life, several historical accounts note President Washington's harsh treatment of slaves and his tendency to subject those who angered him to brutal beatings and extra labor. The Englishman Richard Parkinson, who lived in Virginia near Mount Vernon, once wrote, It was the sense of all his neighbors that Washington treated his slaves with more severity than any other man. But it wasn't until Martha Washington made clear that she planned to hand down judge to her granddaughter after she died that judge decided she needed to take action. 
Could you imagine? She, this bitch is bequeathing me to her fucking, not her daughter, to her granddaughter. So as I'm going to be an old lady to some white-ass little bitch, never being free, God damn it. That's what that means. You live and die as Martha Washington's property. Well, and Martha Washington was the property of George Washington. As they were writing, all men are created equal, that's what they meaned. All men, all white men in particular. They should have wrote it like that. But at the time, white men were the only people. They didn't feel like they needed to clarify it. Women weren't people. Women were property. Anybody else who's not white, you're not a person. And and if you were poor, too, if you were someone who had to work for a living, you were treated as less than human as well. And this is where we stand today. The same old trap that people are in. And that's why you would have a bunch of working class and poor dumbasses in the South picking up arms to ensure that the rich can keep their human property. Because at least, as James Baldwin said, they weren't black. They were a little higher on the ladder, but just as miserable, living a miserable, rotten life on the wrong side of the ladder. The game continues. It continues to this day. And it's still going on. The game is a very crafty one now. When I watch the corporate media, they are really frantically going at it, keeping it focused. Make sure that all our anger, it's like now, okay, let's, it is another way of keeping it turned on each other instead of at the top where it belongs. They're the ones at the top that have benefited from this game forever and ever and ever. And they are still benefiting from it. And they're still keeping the people divided at each other's throats. Except now they have a higher moral calling. Okay, let's all be nicer to each other. But they're still trying to focus the anger at each other. Not at the game. The people who put the pieces on the chessboard. And said, have at it, dupes. They have us at each other's throats like it's, you know, I I see the game. I know you guys see it too. This is why we have an obligation to wake as many people up as we possibly can. And get them on our side, get them on side, on the right side of history. The right side of democracy. The right side of humanity. Because we're in this together, and it has always been an economic game that they have been playing, and they're playing it still. I don't care how many people that t- uh, they get, uh, you know, how many Nancy Pelosi's take a knee in the halls of Congress. Come on. That's not going to fix it. Yes, some people are dumb. And they all, they're just bigots. But the game is a much 
it's a it's a lot more it's a lot wider than that okay let's see let's continue with this story it wasn't until martha oh yeah as i just read that she was going to pass on her human property to her granddaughter could you imagine that bitch thinking that this is something gr- good to do that you that not asking ona that's why they were so surprised that ona up and left when she had a chance they were hurt i knew this is ona speaking i knew that if i went back to virginia i should never get my liberty she told the granite freeman in 1845 I had friends among the colored people of Philadelphia, had my things carried there beforehand and left while the Washingtons were eating dinner. She then boarded a ship bound for Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Judge, Martha Washington would defensively say, was treated well inside the Washington home. The first lady felt so personally betrayed that she incorrectly theorized to friends that Judge had been seduced by a Frenchman who convinced her to run away. Despite growing uh, anti-slavery sentiment in, in the North, the Washingtons took extra lengths to maintain their slave ownership while living in Philadelphia. This is another story. Because they were going to, to free states, quote-unquote. This is your, the father of our country. Pennsylvania's Gradual Abolition Act of 1780, for instance, stated that any slave that entered and lived in the state for longer than six months would be freed automatically. So the first family would rotate their slaves between the president's residence in Mount Vernon every half a year in order to skirt the law. These crafty little fuckers. You see that? It's like Twitlers, tax cheating, how they created fake invoices, how Twitler and his useless bitch sister and now dead brother, who died of alcoholism, because his father was a Nazi probably, who knows, uh, that they created a fake company and created fake invoices and fake inflated invoices to siphon money out of daddy's company tax-free. So thus skirting the tax laws. Same thing with George Washington. He moved these slaves right right under the radar. Six months, five months, and 28 days, they had to return back to slave territory. They knew what they were doing. How disgusting. Why isn't this taught? We didn't, hurt, we didn't teach this. I mean, nobody taught me this as a child. Uh, so much Joy Reid on a nationally syndicated corporate media mouthpiece network espouses bullshit. How many people hear that shit? And they, it sinks in. This is why it's important. Why repetition is important. This is why Fox News makes people stupid enough to vote against their own better interest. Because propaganda works. 
So, nobody knows this. Why not? I mean, not nobody. Not a lot of people. With the same goal of maintaining what they considered their property, the Washingtons placed an advertisement in a local paper offering a reward of $10 for judges' capture and return. Could you imagine? They fucking think. Now, this woman, she plots to get the F out of there, to have her freedom, to leave these mother effers, these these slavers, the people that keep her in bondage and want to do so for the rest of her life. And they take out a... They, they, they can't look at that and say, shit, you mean she didn't want to be here? Holy moly. And leave her be. Leave her the F alone. No, they had to take out an advertisement. So wherever she was, if she was living a life, let's say she was seduced by a Frenchman, but which was bullshit, then maybe she was in love and she wants to be free with her love. Leave her the fuck alone. No, they got to send people out there to get some kind of reward to snatch her from her happy life and the life that is hers. Happy or not, she's free. So in the advertisement, it says, absconded from the household of the President of the United States. Oni Judge, a light mulatto girl, much freckled with very black eyes and bushy hair. The ad reads, as there was no suspicion of her going off, or no provocation to do so, it is not easy to conjecture whither she has gone, or fully what her design is. But as she may attempt to escape by water, all masters of vessels are cautioned against admitting her into them. The ad almost worked, but not quite. Just a few weeks after judges escaped, she was spotted by Elizabeth Langdon, the daughter of Senator John Langdon, on the streets of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Elizabeth immediately recognized Judge and tipped off the Washingtons. The president's response was swift. He requested that Treasury Secretary Oliver Wolcott Jr. order a customs official in Portsmouth to retrieve Judge and return her to Virginia. This was a violation of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1793, which said that slaves were required to appear before a magistrate after being captured, and which Washington himself had signed. Well, different rules for different people. This is the father of our country we're talking about. You know, this great ethical, the American Cicero, not Cicero, the American Cincinnatus, who gave up power. Yeah, not all his power, though. All men are created equal. He fought for liberty, not for liberty of Oni Judge and her relatives. No, no, no. <laughs> not, at, no not at all. The hypocrisy. Let's see. But Washington stressed to Walcott that judges' ingratitude quote-unquote, made it necessary to bypass the law. Well, it, that, doesn't that how it works when you 
violate a law, it's all relative to how grateful you are to your country. Her ingratitude required him to violate the law. (laughs) He wrote in a letter to Walcott, it was brought up and treated more like a child than a servant and ought not to escape with impunity. He wanted to punish her for being so uppity. Washington's plan was unsuccessful. While Joseph Whipple, the Portsmouth collector of customs, managed to locate Judge, she convinced him to let her stay. In a letter to Washington, he recalled how he was struck by Judge's thirst for complete freedom and warned the president about the political consequences of transporting her. Popular opinion here is in favor of universal freedom, he wrote, advising that he go through the legal process if he wished to proceed. Whipple, according to a 2017 book titled Never Caught, the Washington's relentless pursuit of their runaway slave owner judge, also suggested that the president abandon the institution of slavery altogether and started starting by freeing judge. Instead, the Washingtons never stopped searching for judge, but she continuously managed to evade capture. Over the next few decades, she settled down in New Hampshire, married a free black sailor named Jack Staines. They had three children. She also learned to read and became a devout Christian. Judge's final years weren't easy. After being widowed at a young age, she also outlived all of her three children, who died early by various causes and relied on charity in the form of firewood and food in order to survive. She died in the year 1848. Despite the difficulty she faced after her escape, and by all the Washington's ludicrous assertions that she had an enjoyable life as a slave, never caught, notes that when a New Hampshire interviewer once asked Judge if she had any regrets, Judge said she didn't. She said, no, I am free, and I have, I trust, been made a child by God by that means, she replied. Now there's a statue that they could put up somewhere in the Capitol, don't you think? To own a judge, Oni judge. Take down the statue of Washington. Put the statue of Oni Judge, someone who thirsted for freedom, who fought for freedom, who really fought for her own freedom and was pursued relentlessly throughout her life by her oppressors. That's somebody, regardless of the hardship she faced, who never looked back. If that's not an amazing American experience, that's something that we can all look up to and admire, what is uh, some white effing, uh, you know, American Cincinnatus? He's a great general, a hypocrite, great hypocrite. A white man in a white man's world. Woo-wee, congratulations. Really, 
we will we will know this country's on the right track when we talk when we tell our full history and there's nothing wrong with that and it's really interesting to me frankly it's more that story the story of oni judge is a story that children should learn all children why not they're going to learn that Washington chopped down a cherry tree and never told a lie? Really? Well, there's a couple of lies right here. How ungrateful Oni Judge was. Get the hell out of here. How good he was to her. Unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable, but this is the fantasies we tell each other. But it's like infantilism little babies babies can't see complexities you can't uh it's either you're good or bad or you're black or white you know what i mean i don't mean black and white like that but there's no gray area life is a bit more complex than that and we really have to i don't know uh pick our heroes wisely Because that tells us who we are. Who is your mentor? Who do you look up to? Who? I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Well, there you go. That just goes to show you. And it annoys me when I see the view from the Ivory Tower, the show, with all those... Those rich white bitches on there. Well, I guess Whoopi's... Well, Whoopi's kind of white. I think of her as white now, frankly. <laughs> For some reason. She acts it, but anyway. She acts like a, She acts like Karen. She's a Karen. <laughs> she is a white... She, she's a Karen, all right? Let's just get, get real. But... Um, I see that show, and I'm like... No wonder we're screwed up. They think this. And you know that if somebody wasn't there to correct her, I mean, how do you live 70-something years in this country learning American history, so-called, and not know that George Washington was was not only uh, a slave owner, owned human beings, but he didn't... Free his slaves. Far from it. And it's chilling to listen to the contemporary account of another man who said, leave her alone, goddammit, she wants to be free. And also how Washington was far more brutal to those he had enslaved. Pretty sad. Why? I guess we're not mature enough to know our own history. And until we do, we're, we're, I mean, it's, we're a joke. No wonder we can't have a functioning democracy that works for all. We can't even have an accurate American history. There's nothing wrong with telling it like it is. That's how you, I mean, that's what, Adults do, frankly. 
You take an inventory. What's working? The good and bad in your life as a personality trait. What is working? What is not working? What, What have you done wrong? What have you done right? We all have stories, good and bad and ugly. The mature, functioning, successful adults are able to take the whole package. Nobody is perfect. I mean, there was supposedly one perfect person, Jesus, which is bullshit. We know that. I don't know. If you believe that, that's fine. And then there was Trump. He was He's the second perfect person, but... The rest of us are fallible. We make mistakes. We do bad things. We do good things. We hurt each other on purpose or by accident. I hope not too badly, frankly, but yeah. For example, here's something. This is a promo on MSNBC that I happened to catch today. Let's play it and we'll talk about it. The nation stands on a knife's edge. The ugliness of racism and something about our self-understanding has fundamentally been shaken. This will demand of us a new American story and robust policies to repair what we have done. And we will have to decide once and for all whether or not we will truly be a multiracial democracy. That each element is important to any effort toward beginning again. All right. What 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 is uh time for action? Let me see. What does it say? Time for reflection. Time for empathy, time for honesty, time for action. What what is that action? Is it taking a knee? You see how they focus it only on some of the symptoms. Are we going to have a multiracial multiracial democracy? This is the question that is posed in this promo. Are we going to have a multiracial, let me say here. And robust policies to repair what we have done. And we will have to decide once and for all whether or not we will truly be a multiracial democracy. That each element is important to any effort toward beginning again. It's a lot of words that absolutely say nothing. What is a multiracial democracy? I don't know. Time for empathy. Great. I feel you. That's great. That's why I believe that we should leave nobody behind, be it in hunger, in homelessness, without a living wage, without medical care. Come on. Time for empathy. This is what the corporate media does. This is what the elites do. Time for empathy. Okay. Again, it's all about us, not the system. You see, the system's not broken. We are. But in my opinion, guess what? The system broke us. This racist system broke us, made us. It, it it tickles the racist funny bones. So just being nicer, maybe that'll help. But it is an, an, an economic 
ruse that they have pulled on us. Why am I stuttering? I don't know. To, well, um, are we capable of having a multiracial democracy? Are we capable of having um, a country that works for more than just the 1%? That's what the question should be in the promo. Are we capable of recognizing that there is no racial justice without economic justice? Like MLK said, it is easy to integrate a lunch counter. It's easy to pull down a statue. It is. But it's not easy to fix the broken system, to get money out of politics, to get these elite mother effers, the ones who make the, uh, who pay the millionaires on the billionaire-funded corporate media mouthpiece network to tell us that isn't it terrible that how racist Twitter is yeah they yeah it's look at the these flags look at the bad things that happen in the racist to each you know we're not nice to each other we don't we're not uh empathetic well how you how can you be empathetic in one breath and or calling for empathy in one breath when you have a, an entire system that is that requires you to not give a shit about your fellow Americans whether they have darker pigment or not the thing that pisses me off about the corporate media mouthpiece networks is that these are the same corporate media mouthpieces that talk about how they got their health care. You know, people love their private health insurance, so you don't want to make sure that everyone has health care by taking private health insurance away from the people who like it, the minority who likes it. I mean, this kind of cognitive dissonance, no wonder we are effed up. But this is what the corporate media wants us. Let's be nicer. Want to be nicer when we're nicer in a broken system that doesn't work? Want to be great. We'll be more nice. But, you know, while we're unable to retire. Oh, my God. It's so annoying, and it's the same as ever. It, they are blaming the people. Like, they're blaming the symptoms and not the disease again. And that's why I'm here. I don't know. I do the show. I'm telling you or asking you. Uh, you understand it. We understand it. This has to get out there. It has to be as prolific and ubiquitous as the Black Lives Matter movement itself. That everyone knows, no, honey, we're not stopping at you being nicer, you integrating the boardroom in a system that works for the 1%. So what if we have a couple of darker pigment faces in a in a racist ass system that exploits and divides and keeps people struggling and scraping by that's not going to work 
It's, I mean, come on. Am I wrong? Or maybe I'm, I, I'm just being a Karen or something. I don't know. Am I Karen or something? I want to see the manager. I want, I want to see the manager here. <laughs> Who's the manager on the chat room? I know Haiku's the manager. I want to see the manager. Oh my God. Wait, where are you? How many people are in the damn chat room? It's not a damn chat room. It's a good chat room. I don't see any of your chats. What's going on here? Wait. Haiku. Super chat. And Jim, a super chat. Now I see that, but I don't see any other chats. What's going on here? Something weird is happening. Anyway, I can't focus on that. Sorry, I don't see your chats. What is going on? Yes, <laughs> Darth, I see you ch right there. I am anti-race. I generally oppose all humans. Yeah, because they're, they're annoying as hell. And it's so frustrating to constantly watch the game constantly being played and the people falling for the trap and the same goddamn people that... Where the fuck were you, all right? This is what I want to know. Ivory Tower, where were you when this was going on? This has been going on forever. You're not... I mean, the same fucking willy geists of the world who are so opposed to the racist cops and the racist, uh, you know, racist... It's just all the racist shit that's going on. That so opposed, but not opposed to the fact... I mean, he's so... The crocodile tears about how the coronavirus has a detriment... A more devastating effect on our African-American brothers and sisters... Such a, isn't that interesting, Willie Geist? When you cry your crocodile tears about that statistic, well, when you take out all the economic factors, the, f the fact is that it, the coronavirus has an equal, is an equal opportunity virus. The reason our African-American brothers and sisters are feeling uh, are hit harder by the coronavirus is because of the broken economy. You know, like when you're saying how everybody loves their private health insurance. They can't, people who don't have health insurance, who can't afford it, can't go to a doctor when sick, when they're working in this gig Economy, this kiss up, kick down economy that works for no one but the one percent. It doesn't work for the American people, for the majority. When we have a country where eighty percent, which is a disgusting statistic, eighty percent living check to check, what does that do? What does that mean? So what? There's a 
black NASCAR driver, and they all paraded behind him and lent him their support. Great. What does that do? How does that fix the fact that black people are dying of the coronavirus because they're the canaries in the coal mine of this fucking system that works for none but the 1%? Jesus. Am I wrong? Somebody tell me. I wish I was wrong. That's why I always say it sucks to be right. I don't want to be right. I wish I was wrong. Anyway. And speaking of, I mean, speaking of wrong, and while we're on the corporate media, you know that the corporate media is useless. You watch it all the time. They don't care. You know, it's all day. Trump tweeted this, Trump that, Trump. You know that they don't like Trump. They don't like the chaos of Trump, but they're fine with the money. That's why they're all like, can we really have a multiracial, diverse democracy? Well, can we really have a multiracial, diverse economy that works for more than just your fucking billionaire benefactors? That's the question. That's what he should have said in the promo. And everyone knows it. Everybody who has a clue knows it. So, uh, as I'm watching, I'm sure you've seen it too. I was watching MSNBC today. Guess what? Oh, here, here. This is an ad on MSNBC. Anti-Joe Biden. China's not our problem. Right into how horrible Twitter is. It's all about the unholy dollar. They don't care. They're getting paid. Either way, Twitter wins. They win. I mean, Twitter wins. It's not that we will lose. They'll still win. Twitter loses. They win. No matter what. The elites will win. That's why they're not talking about what needs to really get done. We need to overturn the apple cart here. We have the opportunity, the best opportunity we have had to fix this broken system. But that's why they are focusing our energy as, as narrowly as possible. And they're working overtime to do it. Let's see. Where, here's another one. Hmm, maybe I didn't catch that. Well, anyway, I didn't get... No, I got it. Wrong one, wrong one. Anyway, so... Whatever. Let's talk about this... The Trump... Uh, <laughs> just to make fun of it. I don't know if you saw... What a... What a low-energy bunch of fascists. I was tickled. When we were on the, on the live show on Saturday, the, pro, the, uh, the promo, the trump Anzi nuremberg rally was happening, and it was really great to see so many empty seats. And apparently Twitler is, he, wa- he, went, he went apoplectic, he hit the roof, 
He was embarrassed. He was ashamed. This is what um, struck me immediately. He was apparently railing against his staffers. How could they have allowed this to happen? They kept boasting. The Republicans and the the Trumpanzees kept boasting that over a million people were coming to the Nuremberg rally. A million. That's a lot of fucking people. A million? Who do they think they are? They really thought that. So much so that they had prepared an overflow stage that Twitler was going to, he was going to address the the dum-dums at the overflow stage. And, of course, the lies began. Oh, no, it was all the protesters wouldn't let them in. Wouldn't let people... Well, here's one of the campaign staffers talking about it to Chris Wallace. Campaign said that more than a million people wanted tickets for this rally, but we all saw the pictures last night. Uh, The arena was no more than two-thirds full Uh, And the outdoor rally that had been planned for the overflow crowd was canceled because there was no overflow crowd. Question, what happened? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Chris, and happy Father's Day to you. Let me explain. When it comes to understanding how the rallies work, uh, it's a first-come, first-served basis. Basically, what the one million uh, RSVPs include, it's an opportunity for us to gather data, to get yeah, information, obviously. So the key here is that's, that is important is to understand, and I had this with my own personal family who lives not far away from Tulsa, uh, that they were concerned. There were factors involved, like they were concerned about the protesters who were coming in. There were protesters. Bullshit. Such snowflakes, these fascists, aren't they? They're such whiny little professional victim snowflakes. Oh, the protests, they wouldn't allow them to go through the door. Bullshit. And then all over Twitter, this is why propaganda works. This is how it works, guys. All over Twitter, they had, they interviewed somebody. Uh, let me look this up here. Uh, there was, they had these women that were like, oh, I can't get in, all the protesters. They don't show a single fucking protester. Okay, and in fact, there was a protester there that was wearing an I can't breathe shirt. But they got escorted from the premises. All she did was sit down. She had a ticket to the event and they wouldn't allow her in. This is your fascist, your great uh, blue collar billionaire, your champion of the people. And... That's the only protester I saw. Oh, there were protesters blocking the end. Oh, this is a lie. You think. You would think, right? Everybody has a f- camera in their phones now. There, There is no excuse for there to not to be a video of protesters blocking a gate. Of course not. And all over Twitter, there's, they were saying, oh, protesters were blocking the gate. And there was a picture, one of these fascist mouthpieces that Twitler, one of the, you know, the regular mouthpieces that they use, like the Jason, I think it was Jacob Wall, now that I'm saying it. I mean, they're such liars. 
And they used a picture. It was two people yelling at each other, unattributed, no date on the photo. It's not, fr- and it only appears on right wing websites. So they don't have any attribution. There's no context to it. And the same thing with these women saying, oh, I couldn't get in because of the protesters. Show us. where It's this, what, what we had to go through with the goddamn Bernie bros, too. It's the new normal here in the United States. You just say shit over and over and over, and that makes it so, oh, they're terrible. Everybody knows. Everyone knows why we're, what we're talking about, right? You don't have to say anything. You don't have to bring the receipts. Just say, oh, well, you know, those Bernie bros are just so horrible. We've been, we've been so abused by them. But, okay, show me. It's the same thing with these protesters. Where are they? Show us. Don't you think there would be video of of protesters blocking the entrances, the million people that couldn't get into the stadium? There's no video. None of them. They don't have any video of the protesters. Really? No pictures. All I see are pictures of uh, 25 scattered dum-dums in the overflow stage waiting for their dumb Fuhrer to trickle on them. There's plenty of space, plenty of room. I don't see any chaos, no protesters, nobody's blocking anything. The only protester I saw was being carted off by the cops for having a Black Lives Matter shirt on or saying, it said, I can't breathe. That's not, you know, you can't pester the dumb Fuhrer with an alternate statement, with something of uh, that states the facts. If you're not part of the fascist cult, they got to get you out of there. Yeah, that's your rugged individuals for you. Just try being a rugged individual, though, in the Republican Party, and they'll have the cops drag you out of, out, out of, the, out of their vicinity. They can't stress their beautiful eyes on truth. Why would they, you know, they don't want to see. They can't see. So there's no no video of um, anybody being blocked from going into the Nuremberg rally. No, nothing. Not even, not, it's not even audio. It's just them saying it. Oh, yes, you're, you, uh, I'm telling you, Chris, the protesters were there. It's like you were um, abducted by aliens or something. And I guess, okay, just take our word for it. They erased all the footage on every phone, but I'm telling you, they were there. They would not let us in. They don't have any cameras. Every phone has a camera now. They don't have any proof of protesters blocking the entrances. They had it, but they had a camera that, to to take this.
dancing. Look at how... Look at that place. There's a lot of places for people to dance. They turned it into an impromptu dance floor. It's not even a crowded dance floor. For these morons, the incel hustle, I suppose they call it. It's the incel cha-cha. Make America great. Right. <laughs> Jazz hands. Ladies and gentlemen, your master race. Exactly. It's so pathetic. All of them. And now these are your great American Second Amendment assholes too, you know. And I always marvel at them. They're always so... Out of shape, too. That's because they they like to pretend that they could join a militia, a well-regulated militia, but they can't do at least, you know, you got to be able to do a couple of push-ups to join the well-regulated militia National Guard. They couldn't muster that. That's too much work for them. You know, they love their country so much, they, they couldn't get fit for the PT. So... Instead, they lash out, I guess. I don't know. And, well, here they are cutting loose. It's so embarrassing. Look at them. Well, look at that guy. Look at his ass. Wow. Trump for... And I don't understand. I've never seen so many... Horribly dressed people. Not that I'm a fashion plate, but come on here. They all look the same. They act the same. So, rugged individual, come on. Just try being a rugged individual in this crowd, and they will drag your ass out. They'll call the cops on you. I can't breathe. What? Guess what? They're not going to be able to breathe in a couple of weeks when the coronavirus comes and gets them. Now, right before we went on air, two more Trump staffers that were on the ground at this Nuremberg rally have the coronavirus. So they're not that healthy, these people, and they're going to get hit hard. Let's see. Two more staffers test positive after Tulsa rally. <laughs> oh, Darwin, take the wheel. This is from the Times, New York Times. Two more Trump staffers test positive for coronavirus after Tulsa rally. The workers who attended the rally joined six other members of the campaign's advanced team who tested positive. Apparently, Twitler's all pissed off about this, too. You know, here's the other thing. He's not pissed off. He, he's not railing about the 120,000 dead. That's a catastrophic success. That's been a great success. He's not 
railing about the two million plus that have the coronavirus. He's not railing about the 40 million plus out of work. He's not railing about the racial discord, the economic, the cries for economic and racial justice. No, no, he's not railing about the dead, the sick. Uh, But he's railing about his rally size. That goes to show you what his priorities are, this con man. And all of the idiots, maybe, you know, as I say all the time, we will always have to deal with morons. They are among us. They have always been among the human race. You just don't give them power. We have to fix this broken system. We have to fix it yesterday, goddammit. And now's the time. We don't have an, any other... Uh, we have no excuses, except for the fact that we have been systematically propagandized into thinking, um, you know, left is right, up is down... Freedom is slavery. Capitalism is democracy. This bullshit. According to, this is the New York Times, Annie Carney. Two Trump campaign staff members who attended the president's indoor rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on Saturday tested positive for the coronavirus, a spokesman said on Monday. Despite earlier assurances that A small outbreak among the campaign workers had been contained and no staffers had tested positive. Entered the arena. Bullshit. Well, now they're saying that they they tested positive, but these two, of all of them, these two wore masks at the rally. Bullshit. I want to see receipts. This thing is, I want to focus this camera. I want to see the receipts. Let's see the pictures. Who? If they were wearing masks, show them us. Show show them to us. Oh, we're just supposed to take their word for it. And the corporate media reports it like that. Oh, apparently they, they were wearing masks. We were told they were wearing masks. You were told bullshit. You're a f- fucking disgrace, corporate media. We were told that, guys, this is why I'm insane, okay? And I ask you to be a patron yet again. Because that's the corporate media. This is what they do. They take the word of a con man, a liar, a cheat, a tax-dodging, draft-dodging tax cheat with a fake university and a vitamin scam who receive fewer votes and... They report it like it's fact. Instead of saying we were told they were wearing or they wore masks, but that is a highly dubious, uh, highly dubious statement given the history of the Trump administration and the fact that Twitler thinks that wearing masks is a goddamn personal insult to him. Why would they report that? Without a, a, without a hint of sarcasm. This is why we need the liberal media. We need. 
We need this show. Not to toot my own horn. I'm not tooting my horn. I'm saying we need to get the word out. What? Come on. The word is we're being played. And how dare the corporate media? They have the resources. They're not sitting here going, please become a patron. They got millions and billions. God knows. They got enough money to pay all their anchors millions and millions and multi-millions of dollars. Like Rachel Maddow, $25 million, and Chris Hayes. They got millions coming out of their goddamn taints. And I'm asking for patron, patron, become a patron, $2 patron a month. Or more, if you can. You know what I mean? Because... These millionaire bastards, if you think that they are on your side, I'm sorry, guys, to break it to you. They're not. They are on the side of the unholy dollar. Period. End of sentence. They want... They. You think that they're... You think if they believed that it was such a horrible thing that racism is so horrible. Why are they, why aren't they using the time on their platforms with millions of eyeballs watching to tell people that the GOP tax scam is the worst thing to happen to democracy since uh, goddamn uh, Augustus Caesar destroyed the the Roman Republic. Or not on, not on his own, but God damn it! But really, that's what they're reporting. They don't even try. They're not trying. It's easier just to say, "Oh yeah, well they said they were wearing." No, they didn't even say it like that. They just said. The campaign staffers we were told were wearing masks. Bullshit! Bull fucking shit! They were. There are no masks. They're not. They're if they're campaign staffers of Twitler, they're not wearing masks because he takes it as an insult. That's not what he said. They wear masks as a as an insult to me. Right? Am I wrong here? Trump said, "Wearing masks." Let's see. I'll get the proper term. Is an attack or something like that. Or insult. They do it to show... he The way he put it, they do it as a personal insult to me. How the fuck? Are you kidding me? And everything, the other thing is, um, he said during his Nuremberg rally, which was low-energy disgrace, they, he, it was rambling, and I don't, know, I don't understand how anybody could stand there and listen to him and have the, their energy sucked out of them by a giant blob of a con man who needs narcissistic supply. It's like being in the Matrix. 
the whole the whole theme of the matrix was that human beings were batteries plugged in they didn't even realize it and yeah that's what he is you are an asshole you are a uh, uh, the narcissistic supply for a nar- a malignant narcissist con man and he doesn't care if you die as long as... I mean, you really are kind of dead to begin with. You're dead inside. Your brain is dead. You have lost the ability... Or never had it, I guess, to critically think for yourself. That's why you are attracted. You know, if you want to be part of the crowd, there are many crowds that are worthy to be a part of. Be a part of crowds that, I don't know, help animals. I'm part of that crowd, too. Oh, speaking of animals. Be part of a crowd, I don't know, that knocks on doors for, I don't know, free fucking Mumia. Save the whales. Do something. That's worthy. No, they can't be a part of anything worthy. Let's put the camera down so you can see Tara Jr. Jr., the baby. Hello, baby. How's your day? How is your day? Is it good? Good. There's so many things to do now in the world. The world has become such a small place. I love... Not that I have much time, I really don't. But just going on the internet, you can learn so much. Learn about history. You can watch documentaries all day. You can read books. So many classics of literature are available online. The, the, the history of the world, you can learn all about prehistory, about science, about the stars. About the universe? No, no, no. You got to go on QAnon. About, uh, you got to go on the cesspools where racists and idiots gather talking about what? Hillary Clinton having a pedophile ring and you're just a dumb-dumb. And you would think that people who try to present themselves as some kind of, I don't know, uh, they, they're, they got their finger on the pulse. They know. They can see the conspiracies everywhere. They are, they're awake. They're, they got their, they're plugged into the matrix. You think that they would really be able to see the con man that's staring them in the face. But no. You know what's interesting? I have to tell you one of because of what I do on the show, being out there in the you know at the barricades, so to speak. Um, somebody must have signed me up for some conservative. This happens, you know. They put my email in, or they put the RDT Daily email contact at RDT Daily or contact at RepublicanDirtyTricks.com. They sign up 
me up or the site up for conservative newsletters, you know, junk mail. And I'm just—I have to show you. And in fact, I didn't unsubscribe from this one thing that this—I've been signed up for. I know I didn't sign up for it myself. It's called—it's the real—it's really for dum dums. And it's called Conservative Brief. I'll show it to you. This is what I'm looking at right here. Conservative Brief. Because I like to see what they're looking at, first of all. And the other thing is it's such spam. And it's such clickbait, too. The way they present everything. Pelosi demand. Let's see what this is. Pelosi demands it. Trump says, you'll never get it. Let's see. GOP rep Massey slams unconstitutional D.C. state bill. Trump also against... I mean, the way that they write every article is like, Democrats lose again. AOC is removed from the Supreme Court. So many uh, over-the-top headlines. Trump enemy caught. Barr fires them on the spot. Barr is done playing games. It's amazing. It's happening. What's happening? Adam Schiff has announced... Schiff's claims Bolton's upcoming memoir bolsters allegations that Trump abused his power. Anyway, this is not one of the best ones, but some of them are really funny. Well, funny if you think that the end of the American experiment is funny, but I really don't. And it's interesting to see what they're, what they're writing about. And everything... And it's also, it's not just, it's not interesting, frankly. I have to tell you, now that I'm talking about it out loud, um, it's not interesting. It's terrifying. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm doing my therapy thing. Because it is disturbing as well. Because these people are, are they're, they share the same country as we do. And they are operating on a completely different set of facts. Uh, meaning their facts are bullshit. Like, there are no alternative facts. There's the truth, and then there's bullshit. There's the truth that Twitler is a tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man. Recently, I have to tell you, I got into like a little Twitter spat with some right-winger on the RGT Daily um, Twitter feed, actually, not on my own Twitter feed. It's uh, it's at RDT Daily. My Twitter feed is at Real Tara Devlin. But so, but it, it's me. I was using the RDT Daily. It's not. It's not just me on RDT Daily. I have to tell you, it's other people, but it's also me. And I was talking to somebody, and I I said something about Trump being what 
we say here, attacks cheating, draft dodging, dictator, and being con man with a fake university, a vitamin scam, who receive fewer votes. This, this, this is an undisputable fact. We have the receipts. He, there is a history. We have the tax cheating receipts. He is a draft dodger. He's a tax cheat. He received fewer votes. He has a fake university. A vitamin scam. And anyway, this person responded to said something to me. Oh, do you have any facts? Or is that just your, except your feelings or something like that? Your feelings. FW, feelings. Yeah, bitch. But I don't have all fucking day to go through it again with you if you're too stupid to use the Google machines and just say, Tump is a tactic. They, I mean, he's a draft dodger. He's a dictator envier. He's a con man. We know this. He received fewer votes. Oh, do you have any? And, and imagine my sh- astonishment when I say tax cheating, draft dodging, dictator, envying con man with a fake university, a vitamin scam who received fewer votes, and you get a response. Do you have any facts? What the fuck? It's like saying the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Water is wet. Do you have any facts? Gravity is gravity. I mean, yeah, bitch. And that's them right there in front of your face. That's why I say, come on, we got no time. It is a waste of time. Even that exchange with that person is a waste of time. Talking to these people, there's no getting through to them. It's not just that they're bad dancers and suck in bed. We know that. They're selfish. They are ignoramuses. Look at their standard bearer. And if even if they want, they say, oh, I hate Trump. I don't like his policy, his racial, racial policies, his racism, because he's a filthy, unabashed racist, tickling the fissures of disunity in this country, which is racism, the original sin of this country tearing us apart instead of trying to heal this country. He's not even doing any platitudes. He's do- he does the platitudes for the racists. And looking at somebody like him and saying, that's my standard bearer right there. Even if you're someone who says, I don't like his racial policies. I just like fiscals. I like the tax cuts. Well, shame on you then you're even worse because you're, you know better then because you see that he's a racist, disgusting fascist who is tickling the racial funny bone in this country and exploiting the sicknesses in the country and in some people who refuse to change. And you still support him? Then you're even worse you're one of those good Germans who supported Hitler because you liked, you know, when your neighbor was disappeared in the middle of the night, there was a job open. 
And that you liked that. You took his job. And it worked out well for you. Well, you're a disgusting scumbag. Especially in history's light. Because history, trust me, I've said this before. We will say it again. You mark these words. Take it down. History will revile them even more vehemently than the normal patriotic American people do now. And there will come a day where those who supported Twitler will only speak of that support in shamed whispers. You get it. You, you, I'm telling you, you could take that to the bank. And we will, it will it's not going to be that far in the future. It won't be our grandchildren and our children's children. Not that I have children. I don't. I'm a baby. Babies having babies, you know. What the fuck? I thought I fixed this fucking focus. So, yeah, that's we we know that. Trust me. One day, not too far in the future, and I will say to you at that day when that day comes, I'll say I told you. That's why you became a Tara Buster supporter at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Because I could see the future sometimes. I'm like Miss Cleo that way. Oh my God, excuse me. <laughs> We're getting very familiar here. All right, what time is it? Let me see. I haven't even checked in with the super chatters and the chatters and the regular chatters. The chatters and the shoes. Something's up with my. With the uh, chatting. Hmm. Hmm. Where are you? I feel lost without you. I don't see all your chats. That's the, that's what's happening. There's a problem. So if you give me a chat, a super chat. I know Jim did. I know Haiku did. I don't know anybody else. If you did, I want to thank you. If you didn't, I want to thank you for just being you and hanging out with us. But next time, do a little better. I'm only kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Just being stupid. Trying to make the goddamn camera focus finally. All right, well, a couple more things that's on my mind. Oh, let's make fun of Trump first. Him walking home from the rally. (laughs) Aw, poor boo-boo. Ew, look at his face. Thumbs up. Look how gross he is. You know that if he had a successful night, he'd be like, hey, hey, what's happening? Hey, boom, boom, boom. Nah, he just, it's like, you know. After, apparently after he banged Stormy Dan, well, not banged, I mean, whatever he did, 
He put his smaller than average Mario Kart penis in her and called it a day. And I think he asked her, how was it? Was it good? (laughs) Isn't that gross? Yeah. Honey, it takes a little bit more work than you just indulging her. And with your smaller than average Mario Kart mushroom penis. And I think Stormy Daniels said something that she was aggravated. Because I I guess when you're in that position, literally and figuratively, and the most disgusting orange con man is climbing on top of you because he he i i mean she's a porn star and what made me sad actually when i heard her speak about her experience with with him she went into the bathroom she came out of the bathroom and he was sitting on the bed at the hotel room so she went over to the the hotel room where he was because he said that he was he wanted to put her on the apprentice that he would get her to be able to be on the apprentice even though she's an adult film star and he's running a goddamn scam on her like he runs a scam on everybody he was running a scam on Stormy Daniels cuz he wanted to put his little tiny smaller than average Mario Kart looking penis towed for Mario Kart in her cuz That's what he does as his wife was home recovering from having their son. He's a disgusting sociopath. He's a narcissist. So um, she walked out of the bathroom. He was sitting on the bed, on the edge of the bed, and he patted the bed and he said, come here. And Stormy Daniels, in her mind, she thought, "Ugh, here we go. Poor Stormy Daniels. That's how I thought. I'm like, oh, you know, she could have said no. But I guess when you're a porn star, and I think in her mind, you know, in her mind, sex, I'm not in her mind, but she probably, she understands. This is a commodity. This is an exchange. He's going to put me on The Apprentice, and I'll, I have to bang him. I get it. And she said that she was laying there thinking, I can't believe I'm being banged by this this orange baboon. Ugh. Wait, let me see. This disgusting old ugh, Twitter troll. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said it was the worst... 90 seconds of my life. (laughs) 90? I'm surprised he lasted that long. I would think like 30. Says, let's see here. From The Guardian by Jonah Walters. Oh, Joanna. I'm sorry. Stormy Daniels effectively labeled Trump a a criminal in a hilarious skewering comedy club 
in New York on Tuesday, though she didn't directly call for him to be impeached. I guess she did a stand-up set. Daniels, a proud pornographic film producer, director, and actor, and a woman at the center of one of the high-profile scandals besetting the White House. This was in May of 2019. God, remember how many scandals ago? We've been, been through so many scandals since then. Every day, a new scandal. Ew, look at him, though. Could you imagine when he gets back behind closed doors, screaming at his staff behind when they were backstage? Ugh, God, somebody, please hit the record button on your phone at that moment. Let's see. She called... Oh, here we go. She admitted she was shaking with nerves and then told anecdotes from her porn career as the crowd chuckled supportively. Oh, talking about her stand-up set, not with be not being with Donald, please. So, what is your biggest regret? People were asking her in the audience, "Did you have sex with the president with or without a condom?" By the book, she said. She called her alleged sexual encounter with Trump in 2006 the worst 90 seconds of my life. Well, it's like the worst years of our lives. He has that effect on people. It's like we're all going through this worst traumatic period in our lives together. Well, thank God we're together, right? Oh, my God. Could you imagine if we didn't have the Internet? Hmm. One more thing. Well, here's... Well, you know what annoyed me? All right, speaking of the corporate media, I just wanted to play this thing because this morning, you know I hate watch MSNBC. I hate watch Morning Joe every morning. <laughs> and this morning, well, here's... This irritated me. It was... It's Mika Brzezinski. They're talking about Trump's low-energy rally. But her read... Uh, she was reading a script. It got... It just got on my nerves. A bank of uh, Oklahoma Center that seats more than 19,000 people... The Tulsa Fire Marshal tells NBC News that 6,200 supporters ultimately filled the general election section of the enclosed arena. Trump campaign spokesman Tim Murtaugh blames small numbers. Mika, you have one job, Mika. She can't even read a teleprompter. Listen to her. Unquote, radical protesters and the news media who he said, had frightened away supporters. What kind of inflection? Radical protesters. And the news media. She's not... She didn't prepare. She's reading words. Radical protesters. And the news media, who he said had frightened away supporters. But there were few protests in the area and no sizable effort to block entrances and there was a strong security presence. According to the Times, 
Some users of social media said on Saturday night that teenagers helped keep attendance at the rally down by seeking tickets they did not intend to use. TikTok and... <laughs> TikTok? Seeking tickets they did not intend to use. TikTok and... You see this? She gets paid millions of dollars, everyone. Millions. Why? This country is fucked up. This bitch, she gets millions. Why? Somebody tell me. She doesn't even break a sweat. I gotta sit here with a fan on and my cat. She's in her house telling everybody to know their value. Why? Who the hell is she? She can't even read a teleprompter. TikTok? I couldn't believe it. Well, it's not that I can't believe it. What am I saying? This is what she does all the time. The way she brings nothing to the table. None of them do. That's why I eviscerate them and the corporate media. I'm trying to make a contrast. We, we have personality. We are in this together. We talk about things. We bring history. We talk about the connection of things. How every day is not... We're not living in a giant goldfish bowl where every day is a new beginning. As if you never had any history. But according to corporate media, not, there are no dots to connect in life, in the world, in politics. It's all just one, oh well bygone be bygone I suppose as long as the rich get richer this is what the corporate media does and then they have somebody what is she doing she's been doing this for 20 something years she should be able to read a teleprompter with less I don't know sounding a little less like she's phoning it in and I, I don't even know, but it's not that she's not doing anything. And then she gets to tell us to know our value. Meanwhile, oh, oh, that's what it is, I guess. It's not the system. It's not that you were born on not even in the ballpark when the rest of them were born on third base. Well, especially Mika. You didn't even have a you don't even have a train ticket to the ballpark. So it's just that you don't know your value. And I agree on some level because if we knew our value, and I'm talking about all of us in this together, not only our value, our own history. We knew our value, we knew our history, and we knew what we were up against. We would be unstoppable. We'd be in this together. We understand that. We do. We need millions more, though. All of us. Everyone who works. Works for a living. We're in this together. Whether you are, maybe you might have been actually in the American middle class. What's left of it? We're all in this together. And that's why everybody in, nobody out. That's the only way it has to be. There is no alternative. 
So let's continue with Mika being annoying. He said had frightened away supporters, but there were few protests in the area and no sizable effort to block entrances. And there, <laughs> there were few protests in the area and no sizable effort to block sizable effort to block entrances and there was a strong security presence according to the times some users of social media said on saturday night that teenagers helped keep attendance at the rally down by seeking tickets they did not intend to use <laughs> TikTok and Twitter TikTok? users posted that they had registered potentially hundreds of thousands of tickets for Trump's rally as a prank after the campaign tweeted asking supporters to register for free tickets. But Trump campaign manager Brad Parscale pushed back against those reports, issuing a statement yesterday saying the campaign weeded out tens of thousands of bogus cell phone numbers ahead of the rally. TikTok. But quote, these phony ticket requests never factor into our thinking for possible crowd well, size. And also, as I think it was the Times or the Washington Post said, these are general admission events. If people want to get into the event, they can get into the well, event. Well, they have to hit that disclaimer. Yeah. I don't know if that made a difference, um, yeah. but if TikTok. they contracted coronavirus. Meanwhile, in an interview on Fox News yesterday, Trump campaign advisor Mercedes Schlapp argued that the turnout was lower than expected because the president's supporters were concerned about protests outside the venue turning violent. The key here is that's, that is important is to understand, and I had this with my own personal family TikTok. who lives not far away from Tulsa, uh, that they were concerned. There were factors involved, like they were concerned about the protesters who were coming in. There were protesters who blocked Bullshit. the bags. And so we saw that have an impact in terms of people coming to the rally. The fact is the president talks about the attendance at his events. As we all know, it, he made a big issue of the attendance at his inauguration. He talks about how he can fill an, uh, an arena and that Joe Biden can't. He didn't fill an arena last night, and you well, guys I mean, were so Joe far Biden... off. And wait, let me, if I may finish, and you guys were so far off that you had planned an outdoor rally, and there wasn't an overflow crowd. And I, watching the coverage and talking to Mark Meredith on the ground today, protesters did not stop people from coming to that rally. The fact is, oh, absolutely, they people did. People didn't show and I'm up. I'm telling you, there were people. I'm, I'm telling you, there were people and families that didn't want to, br couldn't bring their children because of concerns of the protesters. Bullshit. TikTok. President Trump was reportedly left fuming over the lackluster attendance. Upon his arrival on Air Force One, Trump was, quote, furious and laid into his aides over the sparse crowds. For people familiar with what took place at the event, tell The New York Times that the president was stunned and continued to yell uh -huh. at aides backstage while looking at the endless rows of empty seats. Two White House and uh, campaign officials tell the Associated Press that Trump was upset that he had been led to believe he would see huge crowds in deep red Oklahoma. Officials well, whatever. Who cares? We went through this already. I just thought, TikTok? Shut up, Mika. My God. A million... How, much, how many millions of dollars does she make? Mika Bridge... Like, what the hell? This is why this country is messed up. Oh, eight million. Jeez, that's it.
Let's see how many how much Willie Geist makes. Five million. I'll take it. What about Joe Scarborough? Eight million. Well, they made well, they are married, so they must have negotiated their contract together. What about who else is on that show that sucks? I just can't stand Willie Geist. Eh, doesn't matter. How about Stephanie Rule? How much does she make? Two million. That's it? That ain't bad. I'll take it. All we need is about a million patrons. Half a million. And we can do it. Could you imagine how great this show would be? We would have Tower Buster Studios all day, all night. We might have a chance then. This country might have a chance, guys. <laughs> oh, the view salaries. Let's see. <laughs> right. Well, I know that Megan McCain got, I think she inherited $25 million tax-free thanks to the GOP tax scam and their elimination of the estate tax. It might actually be more than that. Let's see. The view. How much does Whoopi make? Hmm. Oh, what? Oh, no, 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 no. I just said, is Megan McCain leaving ahead of season 23? That was in 20, 2003. Megan McCain salary. This is why this world is fucked up, everyone. It doesn't say right off the bat. Let's see. The salaries of The View... This is in 2019. Co-host pale in comparison to TV's top stars. They do, they still do quite well. But according to various reports, Whoopi makes around five million a year until she cut her schedule down to four days a week. From that point, she made four million a year. Oh, a million a day. Ah, oh. oh, she's really working for a living. McCain makes under a million? Uh, reportedly, but who knows? Whatever. She's a nothing. <laughs> she ain't nothing! You guys! We are something! She's a nothing! I'm only kidding. She's something to somebody, I suppose. Her, to her mama, maybe. But other than that, She's pretty useless as far as being a mouthpiece for the country. And another reason why this country is swirling around the around the drain. All right. One other thing I wanted to talk about even though it's almost time to go. I said I was I said to myself I'm only going to do a show until 9:30, but now it's 10 o'clock. And while I'm getting this ready, I want you to become a patron. Just go there right now. 
to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Become a $2 patron a month. Become a $5 pa- I mean, of course, I want you to become a $100 patron like Greg, the number one fan of Tara Buster. And if we had a thousand Gregs, we'd be set. And we would really have a, a show every day. All right, so on my website, on rdtdaily.com, which is republicandirtytricks.com, I, I don't know if you'll notice, we, there's a lot of right-wings freaks running around. So Daryl Lucas, who is one of our writers at RDT Daily, he wrote, a couple of months ago, we, we, are, we eviscerated this particular right-wing mouthpiece and his name is he's he's called the coach does do you guys remember this he went off about um Pete Buttigieg being gay now I have to tell you this guy in my professional opinion what the hell is this guy his name is his name is Dave something fucking escaping me. Dave Darbermeyer. Right. This guy is gay, okay? In my psych 101 opinion, my analysis, I've had enough therapy, I understand. This guy is a self-loathing closet case. He went nuts about the um, LGBTQ, the transgender rights, uh, the Supreme Court protection of uh, or uh, against discriminating against um, gays and and LGBT human beings, and if you all you gotta do is scratch scratch the surface with these people, and let me say homophobes are gay. That is the telltale sign. And just to refresh your memory, first I'm going to play. Where is it? Here's what he said about Pete Buttigieg. Mayor Pete Buttplug would be just another mayor in America if he wasn't didn't have a a, a, a husband. Is it a husband he has? I think he has a husband. Uh, and I think he calls himself the wife. I'm not sure. I'm telling you. I think he. I think he says he has a husband. Folks, we're talking president of the United States here, right? You're, you're, you're correct, Coach. So, so he doesn't even take the leadership role in his home because he has a husband, he being the wife. These people are freaks. Do you understand why I say we have to evolve without them? There is no... There's no reasoning with these monsters. Not monsters. I mean, this guy, he needs to be left where he belongs, safely in history's dung heap, but also in his closet. There is no doubt in my mind this guy is a closet case. Nobody thinks that much about somebody else's sex life, except homophobes. When imagining what the uh the Pete Buttigieg does with his husband who's the husband who's the wife they're not just two human beings that have to have the same peepees this guy can't handle it the leadership role 
if he is the wife, does that mean I, I just I I'm sorry. They're confused uh, about hit the hit the about life. hit the button to to stop what I'm about to say. I'm gonna say it. You can hit the Go button there, coach. Go there. Uh, <laughs> if he's the wife, does that mean he is the inserter or the insert e? He's what? really needs to know this. Why don't you ask? Ask. I don't know. If you got a sister, you got a brother. What what do they do with their spouses? What business is it of his? Who thinks about somebody else's sex life with so much detail, except a closet case? Of course he's gay. And every time something happens, and every time that that's why he first of all that's why he is a a big Jesus freak. He hates himself, and this is what is so sad about Republicans in general and closet cases, and they're usually right-wing, hate-mongering Republicans. They hate themselves. We have one life to live, and it takes courage to live an authentic life. That's why Republicans are fear-based, and they're cowards that lack the courage to live an authentic life. And that's why when they talk about rugged individual. They're not a bunch. They're a bunch of sheep. They scream and cry freedom, but they are nothing but followers who need a daddy to save them from the scary complex world of others who don't know their place. They are wedded to hierarchy. They like hierarchy because it it separates. It, it keeps the world. The world is a crazy, scary place to them. It's not beautiful and diverse and interesting and things to learn about. That that's scary to them. That's why if you go to some, you go to a Trump anti rally. You look around; they're all the same. They all think the same. They they talk the same. There's no diversity there. There's no interesting conversations happening. There's they can't even dance. Well, that's why, because they haven't got, uh, what, what do they know about dance? What do they know about culture, art? That's too much, too much diversity, too much. That requires them to think. They'd rather sit around, drink a beer, be an asshole. They bring nothing to the table. It takes... You know, and, and, and shove corpses in their mouths. That's it. The corpses of dead animals. Yum, 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 yum. Eat it up. And so he, because he hates himself, maybe his daddy beat him. He, he sees people. He sees somebody like Pete Buttigieg, who I'm, I'm no fan of Pete Buttigieg for his politics, but... You know, he sees Pete Buttigieg, who has a husband. That's very scary to this coach guy. Because that means that, you know, that's tempting to coach. And if everybody knew their place, so other gays, if other gays would only get in the closet like coach, then he wouldn't have to, uh, I mean, he wouldn't be as tempted in his mind to act on what he really wants to be. And then 
it's he gets into this vicious cycle of hate and self-loathing and he instead like all republicans instead of getting the help that he desperately needs he inflicts it outwards republicans they need help they should use their obamacare and go and get some therapy instead of inflicting their manias on the world. And if they did, the world would be a much better place. They could look at themselves and be like, shit. Maybe I should, you know, uh, the world is an interesting place. There's, yeah, there's scary things in the world too. But, you know, there's a lot to learn. Maybe I should stay off of uh, the QAnon websites for a while and learn something, read a book, not be, or, or go out, venture out, travel, open your mind a little bit. Stop being such a hate-mongering ghoul and a dupe of a greed-centered ghost of the Gilded Age. But not them. Anyway, but that's who, that's Coach. That's why he's, he thinks Jesus, he prays to Jesus, please, Jesus, lift my gayness from me. And when he know, he gets frustrated knowing that Je it's not happening. Jesus isn't doing this. I must be a sinner. I must be, I have to try harder. How do you try harder? S hate. Homophobic. Just be homophobic. Hate on those who have the courage to live an authentic life. Beat on them. Hate on them. He does it. It's like his mirror. The world is his mirror. He really hates himself. But he needs help. And I'm not just saying this. There are studies. Homophobes. For example, this is from Scientific American. We'll get back to him in a second. Homophobes might be hidden homosexuals. Might? Numerous studies. Homophobes should consider a little self-reflection, suggests a new study, finding those individuals who are most hostile towards gays and hold strong anti-gay views may themselves have same-sex desires, albeit undercover ones. Well, I don't say they're... I don't think they're undercover. I think they know. Except that they... They have them so repressed... They try. They hope that nobody else knows. And how do you throw other people off the scent? You you act like a homophobe. You act, you start saying, "Oh, f, f this," or, you know, "faggot this," "faggot that." I hate that word, but the prejudice of homophobia may also stem from authoritarian parents, particularly those with homophobic views as well. Of course. So when you're growing up as a gay child and you, your father is calling you F word and beating you and, you know, each one teach one. And then you hate yourself and you, as everyone, have a primal need for your parents' love. So instead of being yourself, because you're not a rugged individual, you're a conservative. You're a fear-based. You have a large amygdala. And 
you know, so you're, you're wedded to fear. And you are attracted to hierarchy, not just gays, because the hierarchy will make sense of the crazy world that you live in. And you're an outsider in, as you see. Because the world, you're, all you see are, are opposite-sex couples and, any, and your daddy beating you and saying gay this and faggot that. So you want your daddy's love. So instead of being yourself and having the courage to be your authentic self, because you're a large amygdala conservative, you repress it. And you turn your hate outward and inward. You pray to Jesus. Please, Jesus, lift my gayness from me. Lift this, uh, these horrible uh, same-sex desires. I want to be uh, uh, like, I want my daddy to love me. I want my community of conservative Jesus freaks who call themselves rugged individuals but don't have the courage to live authentic lives. And if somebody does live an authentic life and is outside, let's say somebody is a rugged individual and is themselves, they will be ostracized and vilified. So just try being a rugged individual with these freaks. And they will kick your ass to the curb as quick as they could say, uh, make America great again. That's who they are. They leave you on the battlefield every time they will leave you behind. That's for sure. Because they don't, they don't have courage either. And they're afraid. If they stand up with you, maybe they'll be ostracized too. Right? A couple of rugged individuals all on themselves, all alone, with a whole bunch of bullies and cowards. So, this is true there. So, the prejudice of homophobia may also stem from authoritarian parents. The study shows that if you are feeling that kind of visceral reaction to an out group, ask yourself why. The co-author of the study, Professor Ryan, a professor of psychology at the University of Rochester, said in a statement, those intense emotions should serve as a call to self-reflection. But that's... Self-reflection is for liberals. Conservatives have no time for that. They, they want to drink the liberal tears. Meanwhile, who is really... Who's got the tears? Who is most wounded? These right-wingers. Absolutely. That's why they are everything they claim, uh, they claim to be. They are not. They are not patriots. They are not courageous. Not in the least. Because it takes courage to be yourself. It takes courage to show emotion, to be vulnerable. That's real courage. It takes courage to ask for help. These, this is the courage these right-wingers, they vilify because they have absolutely no idea about courage. <clears throat> so the research published in April 2012 
Uh, an issue of Journal of Personality and Social Psychology reveals the nuances of prejudices like homophobia, which can ultimately have dire consequences. Sometimes people are threatened by gays and lesbians because they are fearing their own impulses. In a sense, they doth protest too much. Oh, I'm sorry. You're sitting in a weird way. And it's, it's bothering me, kid. <clears throat> Let's see. All right, I'm sorry. I moved you. I am sorry. In four studies, the researchers looked at the discrepancies between what people say about their sexual orientation and their implicit sexual orientation based on a reaction time test. The studies involved college students from Germany and the United States. For the implicit measure, students had to categorize words and pictures flashed onto a computer screen into gay or straight words or groups. Words included gay, straight, homosexual, heterosexual, while the pictures showed straight and gay couples. Before each trial, participants were primed with the word me or others flashed momentarily onto a computer screen. The researchers said quicker reaction time for me and gay and slower association of me with straight would indicate implicit gay orientations. In another experiment, the researchers measure, measured implicit sexual orientation by having participants choose to browse same-sex or opposite-sex photos on a computer screen. Questionnaires also teased out the parenting style the participants were exposed to, with students asked how much they agreed or disagreed with statements such as, I feel controlled and pressured in certain ways, and f I feel free to be who I am. To gauge homophobia in a household, students responded to items such as, it would be upsetting for my mom to find out if I were a lesbian, or if I were, wait, wait, wait. It would be upsetting for my mom to find out she was alone with a, a lesbian, and dad avoids gay men whenever possible. So they're trying to see their upbringing. Participants indicated their own level of homophobia, homophobia, both overt and implicit, in word completion tasks. Students wrote down the first three words that came to their mind when prompted with some of the words, letters. All right. Who cares? All right. You're being cranky. <laughs> You see, the only show that has a show with a cat on their lap. Cat in the lap. Anyway, so let's go back to Daryl's article. The reason I brought this up, that was um, a couple of months ago when Pete Buttigieg was running for president. And now, after... The Supreme Court protected LGBT rights or whatever, you know. Coach had something else to say. And it also, it, this is how the web of hate 
goes, it ripples, ripples out. Because not only does he hate gays, he starts railing against Jews as well. I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? They can ban me, they can do whatever the heck they want to. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her Judaism, she might as well be a Muslim. She is nowhere near Jesus Christ. Ruth Ginsburger, Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, they're nowhere near any way, shape, or form Christian beliefs. None. They're as lost as Muslims. They're as lost as atheists, folks. Yet we think it's honorable to have this God hate Jews. I'm sorry. What? Judaism rejects Jesus Christ. And what did the Jews say about Jesus? Come on, let's just get down to it. You want me to say it, Coach? No, no, I'm going to say it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees said what? Regarding Jesus Christ. We will not have this man rule over us. Wow. Still alive today. That spirit is still alive. This is how far the rabbit hole of hate goes. It's, he, he, this is what he's thinking, that the Supreme Court rule, it, it goes, it's because of Jewish influence. This is what he's saying. You know, the Jews control the world to these freaks. And it's that same old fascist hate. If only they could get help. Really. This is what I say. If they could get help for their manias rather than inflict it on the world. And that guy, he's spreads his bullshit. How many listeners does he have? I don't know. He, he probably gets well-funded. I don't know. As Daryl writes, when the Supreme Court ruled, this is from RDT Daily, uh, on uh, the Republican Dirty Tricks website by Daryl Lucas. When the Supreme Court ruled that employers can't fire people solely because they're gay, lesbian, or transgendered, it was only a matter of time before a lot of heads exploded on the religious right. After all, the man who wrote the opinion for the 6-3 majority was Neil Gorsuch, the man Donald Trump picked for Antonin Scalia's old seat. Remember, the GOP went on what amounted to a year-long tantrum to keep Barack Obama from replacing Scalia. What's more, a number of Republicans held their noses and voted for Trump in 2016 in part because he offered the best chance of maintaining and possibly cementing the conservative majority on the Supreme Court. So when it finally sunk in that this decision came down to, despite all this, the uh, uh, that this wait a minute, what was I saying? So when it finally sunk in that this decision came down to, despite all this, the religious right howled in outrage. For instance, E. W. Jackson claimed the decision amounted to nothing less than a declaration of war against the American people. James Dobson was equally outraged. He railed that by telling employers they can't discriminate against LGBT employees, the court had not only issued an affront against God, but attacked the founding framework that governs our nation. Yeah, 
bigotry, homophobia, di- division, derision. I got mine. Kiss up, kick down. Sucks to be you. That's the country we want to leave in the dung heap of history and make a more perfect union. We're on the right side of history. Okay? We're the patriots. But one fundy podcaster went beyond the usual religious right agaprop. He claimed with a straight face that this decision happened because of Jewish influence. I can't really get over it, how it never stops. The same bigotry, the same kind of racism, hatred, it never changes for them. And that's why we have to continue to evolve without them. There is no hope for them. We have to leave them behind. If they choose to come kicking and screaming, fine. But we don't we don't have to convince them. It's pointless. Like most of the nation's so-called moral guardians, former high school coach turned minister, Dave Dabemeyer was seeing red over the Supreme Court's decision, but he veered from mere anger into out-and-out hate and bigotry on Tuesday morning's edition of Pass the Salt webcast. Hmm. Right-wing Watch focused on his screed against Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Elena Kagan, both Jews. As far as he was concerned, RGB was nowhere near Jesus Christ, and she and Kagan were as lost as Muslims since they hated God. But if you, well, Muslims and atheists, but if you watch the whole thing, you'll see that Debenmeyer Dobbin Meyer, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, was also turning his fire on the courts. Other justices as well. He pointed out that the Chief Justice Roberts was a Catholic and Gorsuch was an Episcopalian. Nothing that the other justices are Catholic as well, but Dobbin Meyer mused that they weren't really any Christians on the court. Oh my God. That's why the wall of separation between the church and state? It has to be as uh, cement and as uh, big, as much as the size size queen Donald Trump imagines it to be. Imagine his uh, racist wall to be, I should say. Chances are that Daubenmeyer um, was merely saying out loud what a lot of fundies in their unguarded moments think. After all, we know that deep down the religious right wants not only to gut the First Amendment, but Article 5 ban on religious tests for office. Oh, no, 6. Article 6. Sorry. I read that wrong. It was a Roman name. Well, Dabimara frequently wears a cap with a cross on it, but by suggesting that employers would still be able to discriminate if not for Jews and non-Christians being on the Supreme Court, he has proven yet that if you replace his cap with a black turban, he's basically an Iranian mullah. And that is the truth. Because in every... how, how, I mean, we can all say it together. In every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. And these are the American Taliban. 
they are uh, the same as the so-called enemies that we fight in the Middle East, except they like a little bit more Jesus. Their dream world, the conservative dream world, is exactly like, if you break it down, just by characteristics. It is more like Pakistan than any of other Western democracy that we would like to associate with. You know, normal people, patriots. Except with more Jesus, right? That's the difference between Pakistan and the United States that the conservatives are trying to create. Low taxes and no, next to no taxes on the rich. The military eats up the entire budget. Court, um, I mean, church and state are intertwined. They, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And gays are in the closet. Women know their place. That's Pakistan. So, as I say, we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. And we will win. Because, but we won't, we won't win if we allow the corporate media to define and dictate what it means to be an American and what we're doing, what the changes uh, need, what changes need to take place. That the, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to focus us and distract us, as always. So I want to thank you all for your support because we won't win without the liberal media. And you're looking at it. Okay. Oh, look, we we got a new uh, Wendy, a new patron during the show. Thank you, Wendy. See? Be like Wendy. We did, and then uh, Uncle Smokey became a patron. Thank you, Uncle Smokey. Eddie, another patron. Jay. Jay Street, patron. These are new patrons. Thank you. Bronwyn, thank you. Sally, Kathleen, John, Ken, Carl. I'm just reading the uh, some patrons from the past month. Become a patron. Be like those, the supporters. Be like Wendy. Be like Uncle Smokey. Be like Jim and Eddie and Jay. All right. And Brownwin. I hope I'm saying that right. Brownwin? Brownwin? Please forgive me if I'm not. All right, guys. It's been great. I will try to do another show during the week. I'm not sure. Things are getting tight. That's why I'm asking you to become a patron. And Greg, of course, as always. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. Did anybody else super chat? I don't know. I think I might have I might have missed it if you did. If you did, please forgive me. Because the chats aren't working correctly. So come on, guys. Let's get it together. Become a super chatter and a patron and a whatever the hell. I don't know. It gets tiring. It does. It does. 
But anyway, we're doing well. We're, we'll be fine. Just share the show with your friends. And share it. Keep sharing it. Give us good review on iTunes. Become a patron. If we got every single person who subscribes to RDT Daily on the Facebook page, if they all became $2 patrons, we would be set for life. So we need more. Yeah, we just need a lot more. All right, guys. I will try to do as many shows as I can. It's This is a problem, though, because we don't have a set schedule. But so much news happens so all, all the time. And what we talk about here, this has to become second nature to the American people, I believe. This is how we will win. Because it's true. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. I will see you very soon.